All Things Black with Garland and Calvin present Fanboys. Fanboys is a weekly breakdown of the sports world from a fan's perspective. Now, here are your hosts, Garland and Calvin. All Things Black presents Fanboys. Beep, 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 beep. It's our weekly podcast where we just talk about sports. I'm Calvin. On the other side, there's my guy, Garland. What's going on, sir? How you doing? What's going on, everybody? This is the super early morning edition. This is like the six in the morning edition of Fanboys. And so <laughs> if we sound a little cracked up, the voices sound a little little froggy, please forgive us. But, you know, it's the six in the morning. We had things to do today. And so uh, we are bright and early to give y'all y'all sports fix. Yeah, well, see, they they still not going to get it till the afternoon. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I might just drop this on them before noon today. I, I think mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop it on them before noon today <laughs> so they can get up early with us. <laughs> exactly. Morning. <laughs> hey, man, it's a lot of uh, sports going on. This is our, actually our first time back with a full show. We did the picks last week. Which yeah, I we think, did. I think I did well on the picks, man. I think. Uh, I yeah, to, you did all right. You I did. guess we'll get to that later. You had a good week. You had a good week. <laughs> finally, finally, finally. But yeah, man, what we're going to be discussing today in our first hey, episode man. back. We're going to be talking a little uh, NCAA football. Um, a lot of coaches is being hired, and, and none of them are black. And uh, we're going to, of course, talk NFL. Um, Calvin predicted this uh, the Ravens trap game last week. I, I don't necessarily be- believe in trap games, but we're going to kind of get into what happened with the Ravens last week and uh, how that went. We're going to talk a little NFL picks, look at Calvin little picks and stuff, see how he did. And... Uh, the start is off, man. You know, uh, let's go ahead and get into a subject that's kind of been in the news the last couple of days. Your boy, Jerry Jones, he's uh, Forrest Gump, but not in a, a good way. He's uh, Forrest Gump in a racist way. And so, <laughs> you know, if you've seen the movie Forrest Gump, you know that Forrest Gump was always at everything in the background. You know, uh, when they were desegregating the University of Alabama, Forrest Gump <laughs> was staying behind the students. Uh you know, he was with Kennedy. He was with Nixon. He, he was everywhere. Well, it looks like your boy, Jerry Jones, the owner of the uh, Dallas Cowboys, he got a little Forrest Gump in him, too, because uh, somehow, some way, somebody found a picture of your boy, Jerry Jones, uh, behind a bunch of white students at Arkansas's North Little Rock High School blocking the doors on September the 9th, 1957. Uh, denying access to six black students. Now, if you uh, have not heard a little bit about this, the Washington Post has been doing a series of hires on uh, that they call blackout. It's a series, and they're talking about really overall the lack of opportunity, coaching, ownership, management opportunities for black men in the league. Uh, black men are over 70% of the players in the league but they make up less than 5% of coaches, general managers, and owners. And so it's a great series. And so this particular article that was uh, written by uh, David Moranis and Sally Jenkins is really looking at what type of thing has shaped Jerry Jones's um, paradigm, his viewpoint of how he hires people. Uh, When they looked at the research, they found that Uh, There are at least 13 teams in the NFL that have never had a black head coach and have had uh, a small number of uh, black 
head coordinators. That means offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. And it, it's not surprising. I thought about this, and I've thought about this for a while, Calvin. The Baltimore Ravens is in that list. The Baltimore are. Ravens have never had a black head coach, and they've only had one black uh, lead coordinator, and that was Marvin Lewis when he was defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. But other than that, in the history of the organization, they've never had black leadership, although we had Ozzie Newsom, who was uh, one of the first black executives in the league for a long time, and he's still there working for the team as a consultant. And so this picture uh, is kind of like the pictures that we saw. If you, you know, you're learning about civil rights. There were a group of six students who were trying to integrate the Arkansas North Little Rock High School. And uh, there were a bunch of students there who were trying to fight them to deny them access to the school. We had already passed a Brown versus the Board of Education ruling that ruled that the segregation of um, the segregation of public uh, facilities, particularly schools, was illegal. And so what you start to see in the South was uh, some southern states, they just shut their whole school system down. Instead of integrate their schools, some some states, they just stopped the public school system. You saw whites leaving particular areas so they could go start new schools, all of those particular things, and a big run to stay away from integrating the schools. Well, on this particular day, uh, Jerry Jones just happened to be, as he says, wandering by. He was curious, Calvin. Curiosity killed the cat. He was curious about what was going on at his school, although his coach told him, hey, I don't want to see any of you guys at the front of the school uh, caught up in this mess? Somehow Jerry Jones just said, hey, let's go see what these black people, these Negroes are doing, these coloreds. They were colored at that time. Uh, what these coloreds are doing trying to get into our school. And so uh, he happened to go ahead and wander to the front door. And lo and behold, he's in the back with his crew cut, looking at his boys harass some black students. And so I don't know if you got to read the uh, the um article, Calvin, but one of the things that it it showed that as an owner, over 33 years that Jerry Jones has owned the team, he's had zero minority coaches and only two have either served as offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. And so his explanation for it was, hey, you know, I, I was just curious. And one thing, I think people are giving him too much credit for even doing the interview. Okay, yeah, he came out, he said something, he did the interview, but I I think we're giving him a little bit too much credit in the past. And of course your boy LeBron, uh, LeBron came out kind of strong for LeBron. You know, um, he said, hey, you know, you guys were all on me about Kyrie, but ain't nobody asking me about Jerry. (laughs) And um, then of course you had a couple black people kind of came out I won't say Tomming. Uh, that's bad. Um, but that's they came out Stephen capping. Stephen A. Smithing. Yeah, they Stephen, Stephen A. Smithing. They came out <laughs> Stephen A. in for uh for Jerry. You know, like, hey, I know Jerry. It was a long time ago. And you know, um, it's funny. Uh one day, uh about three or four weeks ago, I was I was out on a golf course. And this is not a flex. I was I was at a um, I was at a uh, fundraising event and uh, for my friends, and we were out on the course and we were talking about how, and the Kyrie thing was fresh and we were talking about how when black people do something, it's a reflection of the whole race, but when white people do something, it's just a reflection of them, 
is not a reflection. They don't have to answer for the whole race. You know, we were talking about how Kyrie, everybody got an answer for Kyrie. LeBron got an answer for Kyrie. KD got an answer for Kyrie. Your mother got an answer for Kyrie. <laughs> but like when, um, why, uh, what's the uh, the freaky uh, movie producer? Uh, Weinstein. Harvey. Harvey Weinstein. You know, when Harvey Weinstein was doing this thing, it was not a reflection on all Jewish men. You know, when Woody Allen was out here dating his adopted daughter, it was not a reflection on all white men. Or when Roman Polanski was molesting white girls, it was not a reflection on all white men. And so um, what are your thoughts about this uh, Jerry Jones picture and its implications and, you know, kind of the, the dialogue we've been having about it over the last couple of days? So I, I, uh, I'll take Jerry Jones just a little further in um, what we see, what we've seen of him as an owner. Um, mm -hmm. Outside of Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones mm -hmm. has never put in um, his 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 eggs in one black quarterback basket. Now, even with Dak, um, as soon as Dak got hurt and they brought in the other boy. You know, Jerry Jones was talking about there may be a quarterback controversy. And it right. took Jerry Jones forever even to give Dak an ex contract extension. Um, prior to that, he had a couple guys. Um, there were some running quarterbacks that he would back verbally, but as soon as he was able to get rid of them, he would. So um, Jerry Jones has a history. If you even look back to the kneeling thing, um, Jerry Jones right. was one of the biggest uh got one of the biggest owners against it and then he did take a knee real quick with his team and I guess he thought that would satisfy everyone um as you know my wife was a huge Dallas Cowboys fan yes. and because of Jerry Jones and you know the opportunity to be a Ravens fan she was like gone she, Jerry Jones is you know she just it all about Jerry <laughs> Jones now what I will say is I'm a big uh believer in Things that you do as a child doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be the same person as a, an adult. I do believe in um, the more you know, the better you know, or, you mm -hmm. know, whatever that saying is, um, yeah. redemption, things like that. So I believe sure. in all that. So I'm not as big on the picture, especially when, um, as a teenager, he's really just standing there. And if you remember anything about your own childhood and teenagehood, you know, kids have kind of that mob mentality when one of them, all of them there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you believe it, but just to be part of the crew, you're going to be standing there. So I don't really, I'm um, seeing the picture is, is one thing, but I don't really hold it against it. He wasn't doing anything in the picture. However, um, what he did not do was say anything against the picture like i don't recall him saying anything like no, you yeah. know that was wrong i was wrong um it should have never been done it so so when you start yeah he's as a matter of fact let me jump in he's basically explained it that you know he was walking around and he slipped into some racism right and see <laughs> like you slip into some pussy he just walked around and slipped into some racism yeah, and until you say something like you know that was that was wrong it was completely wrong i got caught up in the moment you know we can forgive things like that because you're a teenager but mm -hmm. look at you now what are you in your 70s and you still yeah. are just saying that was wrong uh, literally that's all he had to say was the whole incident was wrong and you know, my choice, this and that, even if he did say I just walked by, my choice was probably incorrect, but by no means is this is what I've supported and I've never supported that. But he didn't say any of that. Um, so it's just, it, 
Jerry Jones has so many issues, but Jerry Jones is the biggest and most powerful owner in the NFL. And with that being said, um, just as you mentioned, you know, he no black coordinators, no head coaches, um, no one in the executive office. And the Ravens have that same issue. Now, Ozzie Smith was actually the first black GM. Um, so I think the Ravens think they kind of get a pass. And Marvin Lewis was a longtime D coordinator who went on to be right. a longtime Bengals head coach. Um, so the Ravens probably think they get a little bit of a pass. Um, I don't know, but there just needs to be more. And I know we're going to talk about this a little later in another sport, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm just, Jerry Jones continues to solidify the reason why a lot of us, unless you are a Dallas Cowboys fan, because they are just rabid fans, but the reason why a lot of us just don't care for him. You just do not care for Jerry Jones. Yeah, you know, I, and and the, I guess to, to kind of put a bow on this, you know, I, I understand. I, I I view myself as a historian, you know, and I understand that in the effort to prevent uh, to protect uh, white privilege, that white Americans they terrorized uh, African Americans either through physical intimidation and uh, or legal interference or noncompliance. They just you know wouldn't follow the law, and. When I used to see pictures and news clips from these times, I would often say that uh, there's someone in that crowd that's now a CEO of a company. They're an elected official or decision maker on some level. And lo and behold, there's Jerry in the background. Now, does his presence denote support? Maybe, you know, because sometimes just being around means that you comply with what's going on. <laughs> Your presence sometimes means support. But the bigger issue for me is how did the attempt by, you know, these six black uh, teens to integrate the public school impact how he viewed race later in life and his dealings as a CEO of his oil company and over 33 years as owners of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, what gives me a uh, pause is that it's apparent that Jones, he sees race and how he addresses it. Uh, is shown through the lack of opportunity for coaches of color. And it is skewed towards the mode of right pri white privilege. Uh, in the article, which is very good, because the article doesn't necessarily focus on the picture per se, is focusing on Jerry's views of race and how his views of race have uh, impacted his hiring practices and his leadership on um, minority hiring practices or opportunities in the league. And so in the story, he shares this story about how uh, he hires head coaches. Uh, and basically, he's saying that, you know, I hire people I know. I, I hire people that's in the room with me. Well, there's not a, not a lot of African-Americans in the room with you, Jerry. <laughs> you know, he talks about how he almost hired Dennis Green at one point, but he opted to hire Bill Parcells instead of Dennis Green. Dennis Green was a former coach of the Arizona Cardinals. They are who we thought they were. And he was also the former coach of the Minnesota Vikings. And then he talks about how he used, uh, one time at, at his oil company, he used his college coach connection with the uh, golf club, Augusta National, which is known as a racist golf club that didn't admit its first black members until well into the late 1990s to win a company's business in Houston. And that's really steeped in white privilege because um, 
brother Leroy ain't got a membership at Augusta National to get you on the course to play around. And so it's obvious that how Jerry's viewpoints have been shaped by that incident and by race. He doesn't look too far. He doesn't do the extra work uh, to do those things. And um, I think that's the thing that we should be addressing. I'm not worried about the picture as much. I, I agree with you. But what are you doing now? And if we're looking at what you're doing now, you're basically doing nothing. And so, yeah. yeah. And if you want to, um, and you mentioned um, you like to look on how that how that that article talked about how that um, affects everything going into the future. And if we right. actually talk about it, so that was a successful protest by um, those white teenagers at that time. So that right. could have also had some sort of impact in his mind. Like, yeah, you know, we don't have to do this no matter what they say. And I mean, there's a correlation with that, um, with the way Jerry Jones acts now. Um, but yeah, cause that was successful. Although others were not, that was successful. They successfully turned them young men away from that school. Right, right. And so um, great article. If you get an opportunity, please, I, I, I want to recommend people go read it. Um, it's definitely something to, you know, ponder on and think about. And I think as we go forward and we talk about the sensitive things of race in this country, uh, particularly around sport, you know, we have to have dialogue like this. We have to have, uh, you know, understanding and going into issues that are uncomfortable. Race is uncomfortable. And that's probably why we don't have more conversations about it, because it's uncomfortable. It means one person has to admit that they may have benefited from something that they didn't necessarily have a hand in. But, you know, we know the impacts of it. And so, you know, um, shout out to LeBron. I, I know some people was like, well, LeBron needed to go extra step. And what do you know? He didn't. You know, it was enough for him to say that he he's not he's not Martin Luther King. He's not Malcolm X, uh, you know, but I'm glad that he did recognized it and he did say something about it so that's good enough for me now just beat, just beat the mm -hmm. wizards on sunday my my <laughs> main chicken my side chick are playing tomorrow so they get, <laughs> they get to meet up tomorrow in in dc so <laughs> yeah they looked good last night uh beating uh, uh the bucks uh, street clothes he's finally playing some games but you never know and they keep on playing them he going he gonna be in clothes street clothes by the end of the year so Amen. see how it keeps on going I'm not going to jinx it, but my Lakers are improving. I'll just say Lakers that. are improving. They are improving. All <laughs> uh, the Westbrook's still missing uh, 12 foot jumpers. <laughs> they be, are improving. Once again, my Lakers are improving. <laughs> he had to drive last night, Calvin. He got to the foul line. They just they just stood there and just watched them shoot it. They didn't even try to defend him. He clanked it right off the back of the room. It's like, dang, it's come to that point that people are not guarding him anymore. <laughs> now, when we talk about race and hiring, you know, there is actually an entity that is worse than the NFL, and that is college football. College football is horrible. Well, I, I mean, if, if there's ever an entity, you know, most people like, oh, I'm, I remember when Kaepernick was kneeling, I'm going to uh, boycott the NFL because they come out of... No, nah, we we actually need to be boycotting college football because college football <laughs> do not give black uh, coaches opportunity. Since 1981, only 39 black coaches and 29 black athletic directors have been hired, slightly less than 10% of hires for each position. 
Only 30 of 65 power programs have hired a black coach. 20 have hired a black AD, man. And so that is horrible. And we saw a rash of hires uh, coming this week that basically supports those numbers. There were five hires of white male coaches at Power Five or Group of Five schools. Matt Rule, he gets the job at Nebraska. Matt Rule is a loser <laughs> to me on a college level. <laughs> uh, this is a guy that's never had a re- he doesn't have an overall record over 500. He's never had a top 10 team. He's never won a national championship. He's <laughs> you know, but he parlayed that into an NFL job where he never won over five games, and then he was only unemployed for less than. Uh, 60 day Calvin, and he gets a eight year, $74 million contract from Nebraska for losing. Uh, and then Trent Dilfer, our boy quarterback, uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Trent Dilfer with the Baltimore Ravens. He was hired by the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Uh, he comes from the high school to go get that job. Uh, yes, he does have NFL pedigree, he was a, a journeyman NFL pedigree. And uh, he was a high school coach last year, but he gets a group of five job at UAB. Uh, And then uh, you have uh, Hugh Freeze. Uh, He comes back to the SEC after uh, being fired from Ole Miss uh, for having uh, using an escort service and a couple other lies in recruiting. Uh, He leaves Liberty to come back to to go to Arvin to be its head coach. Arizona State hired Kenny Dillingham. I never heard of him, but he must be the new hot white guy. Maybe he's related to Sean McVay. Uh, He was coaching in um, Oregon. And uh, Georgia Tech just hired a guy named Brent Key. I never heard of him either. But, hey, our guy Deion Sanders is out here. No one's talking about Deion Sanders. As a matter of fact, I saw on the ticket this morning, they said he's going to accept the Colorado job, which I think is a bad job. I don't think he should take it. Um, but you had all Dion has a better pedigree than any of these guys. Dion, he's coached at a college level. His team is undefeated this year. He's one of, if not the greatest, one of the greatest, a top two cornerbacks to ever play the game, college and professional. I but Trent Dilfer gets a power, <laughs> a, a group of five job before Dion does. Dion has to take. And the reason why I say Colorado is a bad job is because, one, we don't know what's going to happen with the Pac-12 after 2024 because UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten. Um, Colorado, they're going to be behind uh, Oregon in terms of resources to recruit. It's not one of the top schools in that conference. Um, where's Dion going to get these players from to come to Boulder? I mean, is, is he going to be able to recruit Arizona? Is he going to be able to recruit Utah? I mean, it's not a lot of stuff out there. I, I think personally, I was thinking a Southern school would be a great match for Dion because he has Southern roots. He has a base there. I think he would recruit the South very well. Um, but I, I don't necessarily love this job, but it appears that he's going to take it. And so what do you think about uh, Dion going to Colorado, these rash of hire of um, of white men? Um, so first with Dion, I, I actually think I think this is I don't think it's a bad job for Dion. And I'll tell you why, because I believe um, Dion can recruit from anywhere in the country. Dion is one of the 
he's one of the few in, and this is even including the white coaches. He's one of the few that just his name alone brings these kids to wanting to go and brings these kids parents to wanting to look at Colorado. So I don't think he'll have a problem recruiting. Um, what he may have a problem with is his current roster until he makes that his roster. Um, but I don't think he'll have a problem recruiting. I, I could see Colorado actually um, moving up now. Will they be, will they ever be as big as a Southern school? Well, we don't know. You know, maybe he'll get him a, a modern day Cordell Stewart uh, back at Colorado to mm-hmm. do that thing. So I don't think he'll have a problem recruiting. I also think it's a good job for him um, because as we see, these college schools love to recycle. Um, he'll get offered something else. Uh, I'll give him maybe one class of freshmen to seniors before he's offered a much better job at a much higher salary. So I don't I don't see him having a problem there. I, I think it's a slap in his face to be offered just the Colorado job, but I don't see him having a problem there. Um, when it comes to college football, now this is nothing new. Um, we've always known that college football only hires white coaches. Um, it's the boosters that's behind that. So they're only going to pay for the white coaches for whatever reason. And we know what the reason is they're going to recycle guys. And when they get new guys that they're not recycling, it's someone like a Trent Dilfer that's coming from high school. You know, it's, it's like, what, what are you doing? Like there's no black assistance or anything that you can hire for your program. Um, I don't know how you stop it in college because college is one thing that's not, the money's not generated by the fan base. Um, the fan base just has an opinion. The money is generated by the boosters. And for the most part, the boosters are these Southern white rich billionaires and they run it. They have the say in it. So I don't know how you stop it in college, but it's always been a problem and it's always going to be a problem. Um, the Well, I do know how you stop it. The only way to stop it is to stop your kids from going to those schools. But mm-hmm. those are the pipelines to the NFL. And, you know, you don't you don't want to. Uh, what do they say? Uh, cut your head off to spite the neck. What do they say? Cut your neck cut off. Cut your nose off. The- Cut your nose off to spite your face. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to do that. You know what I mean. You still want these kids to have opportunities to go into the next, to go to the next level. So, I don't. It's, it's just. It's one of those never-ending cycles that at some point, someone, some of these schools <clears> are going to have to stop it. And the thing that makes it so worse is these these guys are getting these jobs, and they are getting what is it? The uh, top five are getting nine million a year. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's, Matt Rule is getting, I, I, what did I just say? He's getting an eight-year, $74 million contract. 90% of it is guaranteed. Yeah, it's just, you know, first of all, the white guys are never going to stop applying and uh, volleying for it. Uh, he freeze. Isn't he freeze the one that had the neck brace on? Um, some years ago. No, no, no. That was uh, that was uh, Lamar's old college coach, uh, Bobby Petrino. <laughs> they all he had, had the issues. motorcycle accident. His girlfriend was on the back. Yeah, and he lied and said his girlfriend. So yeah, issues. Mm-hmm. But they all keep getting hired and keep getting this big money. I just don't. I, I just don't know how you stop it. I just don't know how you stop it. I, you know, I. I don't know, Calvin. I, I I look at it. We always get the trash jobs. I mean, yeah, Dion could get in there and he could do something and that could parlay into something else. But I think he's shown enough that, you know, 
UAB, you took Trent Dilfer over Dion. <laughs> you know, Arizona State, you took Kenny Dillingham. I never heard of Kenny Dillingham. Probably half the country's never heard of Kenny Dillingham over Dion. Georgia, where Dion's base, a, a, a former Atlanta Falcon, a god in that town, you took someone named Brent Key over Dion. Dion could not boost your program just on name recognition alone in Georgia, in Atlanta, having Dion as the head coach of your college team. Oh my goodness. The revenue that would come from that. And you took some guy named Brett Key? Yeah, you but see, there's you also <laughs> you also look at it, what I think these boosters look at. You know, Dion is uh loud, he's uppity. They're not trying to hear that. <laughs> I, I I hear it, I hear it, but to bring them coffers, if you the AD and you trying to fundraise, I mean, a school like Georgia Tech, you ain't got you ain't got that many boosters like that. Now I could see like a uh, Oklahoma State, which you had like one of the richest men in the world, um, T. Boone uh, Pickens. He's basically the program. He just writes the check. Or like an Oregon, where you got you know uh, Phil Knight, uh, the head of Nike. He just writes the check. And you know your Alabamas and your schools like that, where you have major alumni that's shelling out money. But Georgia Tech is not a football power. They don't have, you know, a big booster like that. Uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, you'd be surprised at the booster. Just because the program isn't good, you'd be surprised at the uh, people they have back in their uh, football programs. Okay. Well, UAB ain't got no daggone booster. As a matter of <laughs> fact, UAB just started playing football again a couple years ago because they, they stopped the football program. <laughs> and so you gonna take a Trent Dilfer over Dion to build your program? No, no Come offense on, to man. any UAB alums that might I'm, actually have yeah, some money. No, take offense. Take offense. <laughs> I want you to take offense. Because come on now. Yeah, now I understand. I've had my Dion issues. I, you know, we, we talked about this, you know, as being an HBCU graduate and you know him using the HBCUs as a stepping stone and are, are they going to be ready after Dion leaves? All those things. I, now, I've never denigrated the man. I think he's one of the greatest talents. His biggest talent is marketing. He knows how to sell. And you got to give him credit for that. And, and I do. And these colleges are into making money. This is a money-making entity. If I am a athletic director and I'm looking at my bottom line and I'm weighing a Kenny Dillingham versus a Dion, a Brent Key versus a Dion, a Trent Dilfer versus a Dion, I'm going with Dion <laughs> because I know my revenues are going to shoot up the roof because of just Dion's name. But you know, hey, y'all guys go ahead and do it. We see what happens in three seasons where they're looking for another, <laughs> um, in three years when they're looking for another coach. But I was just looking at a stat, Calvin. It says, uh, in the SEC, 61% of the players are black, but they do not have a black coach in that conference. Wait a minute, that's all 61%? 
Yeah, I mean, well, that's high. I mean, 61% of the players look no, I black. I it would be more like 80%. Wow, yeah, but yeah, 61% of the... Well, you know, uh, Georgia got hold out. That's the only place where I think you got the black quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end. Okay, <laughs> so, okay. you know, places like Georgia, South Carolina, you probably would be, uh, you know, uh, shocked at that. But yeah, in the SEC, 61% of the players are black. And... Um, there are two power five conferences that do not have black head coaches. That's the SEC and the Big 12. And so, um, yeah, it's amazing. But, you know, if, if we want to turn our anger towards something, we need to be looking at college football. There's no Rooney rule on the college level. And uh, we I don't know what we should do as fans to start you know, pushing these colleges to do better in their hiring practices because it is kind of like what Jerry Jones is doing in his hiring practices. He hires who he's familiar with. He hires who he's in the room with. And uh, that's what these ADs are doing <clears throat> when they make these hires at a collegiate level. Yeah, these, it, they, like I said, I don't know what we can do because the fans aren't going to do anything because the fans are attached because of the... Yeah, because it's a status. university, yeah, lump yeah, status. You're so not thinking about that. It's not. Um, the NCAA is definitely not going to say anything because they're generating money from these schools either way. Um, the schools aren't going to say anything because they're getting money from the boosters. And for the most part, a lot of these boosters are these Southern conservatives that believe in what they believe in, that good old boy stuff. The people in the room with them look like them. So, yeah, it's 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 uh, I don't know what college football would do if if they even <clears throat> want to do anything. Let's start there. First, you have to want to do something about it before you can do something about it. And it doesn't even seem like college football even wants to do anything about it. Every now and then this pops up with college football um, and mm -hmm. you hear something and they try to say something, but they'll give you a, um, what's the guy's name? They'll give you a Ty Willingham at Notre Dame. Right. They'll give you, um, you know, one or two and then they'll one move or two. on. Yeah. Then they'll move on and mm -hmm. in another 10, 15 years, the same issue pops up again. Right. Pretty much. Pretty much. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and transition to uh, the NFL and talk about our Baltimore Ravens. Uh, last week, uh, the Ravens were on the road uh, coming in off of a four game winning streak facing the three and seven, then three and seven Jacksonville Jaguars um, in Jacksonville and Duval. And uh, for the most part, most people were saying that this was a trap game. They didn't have good feelings about it. I, I personally don't believe in trap games. I, I think you just go and you play. I mean, every game, uh, when you're playing on a professional level, I don't think there's any trap games because you can be beat. There's, these are professionals. They, they're training to beat you. They're planning just like you're planning. And if they execute right on that day, you, you could lose. It doesn't make a difference how good you are or you know what your record is. And so uh, show enough, show enough. Uh, the Ravens went in and they had an early, um, well, they didn't have an early lead. Actually, they were down 10-9 at halftime, but then uh, they uh, did inch a little bit ahead, but uh, the defense let them down towards the end and they wound up losing that game 28-27. to Your boy, uh, Trevor Lawrence, um, Sunshine, <laughs> he... <laughs> He, do, he threw Calvin for uh, 321 yards and three touchdowns. Career day. Career day. And some guy named Zay Jones. <laughs> I, I never heard of Zay Jones in my life. You know my theory about the Ravens uh, secondary. They love turning scrubs 
into all pros. Zay Jones had 11 receptions for 145 yards. What, 11 receptions. As a matter of fact, I had I said, well, let me go see if this was Zay Jones's biggest game so far this season. And guess what, Calvin? It was. <laughs> he did have one game against the um, Chargers um, that they won, one of their wins. He had 10 receptions in that game for 85 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but other than that, out of the uh, <laughs> other games that he's played this season, the highest total he had up to the point where they played the Ravens, um, they played the Chiefs before their bye, and he had eight receptions in that game for 68 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, he didn't have any touchdowns against the Ravens, but he did have 11 receptions on 14 targets for 145 yards. And so the Ravens, you know, they just – you know, it was a mix of everything. You know, Lamar, he out here telling people the EAD <laughs> on Twitter. And, you know, people want to blame Lamar. And I wouldn't blame Lamar. I think he had – he led them down to the um, the take the lead. Uh, a, a bomb to uh, Deshaun um, Jackson. I, I know Deshaun Jackson can still run. He caught the ball and fell, immediately fell down. So, you know, he, know oh, he's he, still ready. <laughs> He was out of gas. At, he, he probably was surprised it got on him. He caught it like, hold up. I, I'm out of gas. I don't think he came back in the game after that. <laughs> he was running on the rotors. I, I could hear the rotors uh, screeching when he, <laughs> when he caught the ball. He was running on his rotors, and uh, he caught that ball. And then, you know, Oliver, Josh Oliver caught the uh, touchdown to go ahead. You know, people, oh, he should have fell down in it. Dude, shut up. They wanted to win the game, and they, the defense had been playing okay up to that point, and they just could not close out. And so what was your feelings about the game and, you know, uh, some things about the Ravens and all? But winning is the best deodorant, but when you lose, you know, you have a thousand faults. If they yeah, say victory I'm is a uh, uh, defeat has is an orphan, uh, but victory has many fathers. And so go ahead. Yeah, um, but let me clarify. And, and when I say trap game, so trap game um, makes you think that the team um, takes the opponent lightly. And although I do believe that happens in um, some, I didn't, I, I shouldn't have said this was a trap game because I don't believe that this was a trap game. I believe that this was a game that the Jaguars would be ready for and had the game plan to beat the Ravens, seeing as though the Jaguars were coming off of a bye week. So they had two weeks to prepare for the Ravens. Um, they're fresh, they're healthy, they're in Jacksonville, and their first game back off the bye week is in a sunny Jacksonville that did rain prior to, as opposed to the Ravens' first game back against uh, Carolina that was in the freezing cold where they only <laughs> mustered 13 points. Um also, the, for whatever reason, the Jacksonville Jaguars just have the Ravens' number. Right. Um, I just, for whatever reason, I just don't know what it is. Now, with that being stated, the Ravens had every opportunity to win this game. They could have put this game away in the first quarter with those first two drives. You have to stop getting field goals. You got to punch it in the end zone. There were so many drops that the Ravens had. It was ridiculous. Um, Marcus Williams cannot drop. Demarcus Williams, rather, cannot. Demarcus Robinson cannot mm -hmm. drop that right. touchdown in the end zone. You cannot drop that touchdown. That bomb he had that 
it looked like Lamar overthrown. We need a receiver that can stretch out for these plays because that's not the first time that's happened with him. Um, but that's where they lost the game. You can't just get they they got in the red zone three times and came away with nine points. That should be twenty one, at the least seventeen points at the least. And they came away with nine points. I knew right then and there we were in trouble. I was like, we're in trouble. And they looked like they were in control of that game. Um, that fourth down call, I don't know what that was. I have, I have no idea what kind of – you got Gus Edwards, just run Gus Edwards. Shoot, you, you seem to love Patrick Ricard now. Run him. Right. Get that right. You, you're calling screenplays for him. Yeah, you, you seem to love him to death now. So get that one yard. Call the timeout. Get set. Um, that's another thing, the, this play clock running down. It's just too just too much going on. Um, yeah, man. And, and you can't really fault the defense. Unless you're fucking Marcus Peters, yeah, we on Marcus pretty hard. He need he needs. So my only thing with Marcus Peters is it's not that he's he's falling off because it's going to happen. They're not getting him any help. He needs some help over there. He mm-hmm. he needs some help over there. Um, and I don't know if it's scheme or whatever, but he needs some help because every team is going to go after him. We're not the only ones that can see this. Every team is going after him, and they've been going after him for a while now. So this isn't the first week. This is just the first week where we're we're giving him three touchdowns attaching to him. But it's not the first week. So, um, yeah, man, I I just don't – the Ravens are just – they're underachieving on the offensive end. And And the defensive secondary is looking bad. But if you can score enough points when you're supposed to, then that's going to help out your defense. And I just don't understand. And another, one thing with the defense that really did uh, bother me, they started off the first offensive play with the Jaguars with the sack on Trevor Lawrence. But they get one sack after that? It's, right. they, they, they weren't putting enough pressure on him for me. Um, now, to the, Jag, to the Jags' credit, ATM went out and Hasty came in there catching the ball out the backfield like he was Tom Rathman or something. Like, right. Just, just, <laughs> Like they pretty much shut the run down, but I, right. they weren't they were not ready for that change from ATN to Jermichael Hasty. And Jermichael Hasty is a veteran. It's not like he's a young spry dude. I just yeah, man. It was it was just bad all around. It was disappointing. Let me put it that way. It was a disappointing loss. Um, the offense has to get better. Now I will say this: if for whatever reason the Ravens lose to Denver at home tomorrow. Someone's getting fired. I'm telling oh, yeah. you, someone's oh, yeah. getting fired. If they lose, especially if they lose because the offense is inept. You know, if it's a high scoring game and the and the Broncos just managed to pull it out, I think Harbaugh might be in trouble. But if it is a low scoring game and they lose, Roman is gone. I like I I, I can't see him still mm-hmm. being the coordinator after that. I just can't say it. I and my <clears throat> my thought is, excuse me, is that Roman will go before Harbaugh. Um, and it, it yeah, to me, that's we keep on saying, you know, it's the offense, it's the offense, it's the offense, and you know, the best player on that team, Lamar, he's keeping them in all of these games. He's making these fantastic plays to either keep them ahead or bring them back and put them ahead and they're not able to close out. 
And um, I agree with you. If that, if they just offensively just don't do it tomorrow, I think we might have seen the last of Greg Roman. I really do. If they lose that game and it does not go well offensively, I think the time has come. I think the time has come anyway. I think well, if they make it through the season and, you know, say they make the playoffs and maybe they win a game or two, but they don't get to the Super Bowl. I think he's gone anyway at the end of the season. I, I think they've gone as far as they can in this, in this offense. They It has to be something else that's going to push them to a, a higher level because it just gets bogged down. Um yeah, I, not having Rashad Bateman hurts. Um, only focusing on Mark Andrews yeah. hurts. <laughs> not, you know, running when you should be running. Like, it's funny. I was listening to one of the pregames uh, last week, and the person was saying, you know, um, that Jacksonville, they're towards the bottom. I think they're 31st in pass coverage in the league. Their pass defense was 31st. And he said, you know what that means? that they're going to throw the ball over 30 times. And I hope they don't throw the ball over 30 times. And guess what? Lamar threw 32 passes. <laughs> and so, yes, I understand that that's the weakness of the other team, but our strength is the run. Exactly. And what is the, um, what's our offensive identity? And, 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 uh, you know, that's a great question because yeah. what is it? Are we a passing team? It, and we should we, we should be a running team. But yeah, are we a running like team? <laughs> they purposely want to pass to try to prove someone wrong, and we're not built as a passing team. Now you mentioned Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big. I don't want to say critic. I'm not a big of Rashad Bateman as everyone else because I think he drops a lot of passes. I don't think he gets open enough. However, we we really do miss just his presence on right. the field right. um, because Demarcus Robinson is, uh, although he did well in, in the last game, he's, well, not the last game, he did well in the Panthers game. He didn't do well in the Jaguars game. And he's not going to, you know, we shouldn't expect much from him um, because clearly he got cut from the Raiders. We picked him up out the trash heap and we just needed something from him and we've gotten something from him. Um, right. But you know, we, we can't have him as a number one receiver, which they're kind of trying to use him as. Um, we should be a running team. Now, when I say someone's going to get fired, namely Greg Roman, we do realize that the Denver Broncos defense is very good, but we've got to be better. we got to run the ball. Um, I think you have an opportunity with Denver to run the ball. Um, with Patrick Sertan, you're not going to be doing a whole lot of passing. Uh, you're just definitely not going to be doing it. Um, but we got to run the ball. We got to win. But you got to start utilizing Lamar a little more. Like, I, I just I think they they utilize him enough, Calvin. He was he ran 14 times last week for well, 89 yards. And when I say that, <clears throat> a lot of times when he runs, it's kind of predictable runs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, and I, it's hard for me to describe, but earlier in the season and then the past seasons, um, they were putting together runs, or maybe it was just plays that were broken down that Lamar just said, fuck it, I'm, I'm out. And he <laughs> right. was doing this thing. Yeah. Um, but it, well, it, just, it just feels like Greg Roman are putting these restraints on Lamar Jackson. And maybe he's not, maybe it's just, the frustration with the the lack of offense, the lack of explosiveness, 
Um, I don't know what it is, man, but the, the offenses, the, this offense reminds me of the Trent Dilfer days. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. and, and their problem was they just didn't have the talent. We right. have the talent. It just, uh, we're just not utilizing. Greg Roman is just, I don't know. I don't know what he thinks about before the game. And it's easy for us to say it because we're, we're on the outside looking in, but the people that have been in the trenches have said, now Steve Smith has been an advocate of getting rid of uh, Greg Roman for the last two years. Um, So, you know, they, it's just something about his offense, Um, but he's been four years. So it's time for him to go. And I agree with you. I think the only thing that may save Greg Roman's job is the Super Bowl. And if we do win the Super Bowl with Greg Roman as offensive coordinator, we will still be upset if he's the offensive coordinator next year. Well, guess what? If they win the Super Bowl with Greg Roman, my head will explode. That's a that's a <laughs> live prediction here on Fanboys. But you know what? I want to go back. You saying you know we talk about offensive identity. Who who are they? I think the thing, and this is my theory. I think the thing that has messed the Ravens organization up was that. 2019 division playoff loss to the Titans. We that season, the Ravens were a running team and they were not ashamed. They would grind you down. They were possessing the ball eight, nine minutes on opening drives. They were just pushing it down your throat. They got in that playoff game. They got behind and the passing game didn't necessarily work and they have been chasing the passing game ever since. There's always been this. We need to pass the ball more Lamar. No one was saying he was inaccurate doing that, uh, doing that regular season when they was, (laughs) they were putting 50 burgers on people and Lamar wasn't playing the fourth quarter. It was like he had opened up a pop-up shop for autographs. People was coming off, coming, taking off their jerseys. He was signing jerseys after the game and, taking pictures and all that stuff. Nobody had any problems with his accuracy then. But ever since that playoff loss, the Ravens have been trying to transition to this pass, and we need to pass more. And I don't necessarily think they've gone out and gotten the the proper personnel to do it. That's the problem. And (laughs) um, I, I just, you know, the concepts, they don't have the concepts within their offensive structure to do it. And, you know, I think that's where the problem lies. I mean, you've got to get the ball. The Devin DuVernay only got the ball five times. He had two runs that 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 little come across run. That's getting tired. And he had um, three receptions for 23 yards. He's got to get the ball more. You Why are they do... not throwing to Devin they, they... Duvernay more? Yeah. I, just, I don't you just, understand. <laughs> you got to get Duvernay the ball more. Um, Kenyon Drake, you ran him great in that same. As actually, he's been a good bright spot for the team. Calvin, he only had two carries last week His for first two game, yards. His first game with the Ravens this year was awful. But since then, yeah. you are right. Kenyon Drake has been he's been doing his thing and he's a great compliment to a Gus Edwards because right. Gus is going to slam it in there and Kenyon Drake can actually move and cut a little bit. Like, it's like, what are we yeah. doing? Yeah. I mean, he only had two carries last week. Mm-hmm. He had no reception. No, he had, yeah, he had no receptions. He had one target. He didn't catch the ball. Um, and he had two carries for two yards. 
you got to do more with that. You, although Andrews played, he only had – they were triple covering him, quadruple covering him. He, he had four catches for 50 yards. But, yeah, you just – it's like the offense is Lamar go back and pass. If ain't nothing there, please run. And, and that's pretty much w- w- what the offense is. It's Lamar scramble, get out of bounds. Lamar, uh, you know, a read option, um, run the ball, and, and, and that's it. They just don't – yeah. And so – So the, in, in watching the game last week, the commentator said something that was really – as simple as he said it, it, it really was like – Oh, word for real? Um, you know, just the little things that you don't know, especially if you're not watching an all 22 type broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, you know, the Ravens are only bringing three in routes. You're only bringing yeah. three people in the route, which means that they can use five guys to cover three people. <laughs> and then Lamar has nowhere to run because everyone else is coming at the quarterback or spying him. And right. it's like, that's just such a simple concept that if you're Greg Roman, you have to be like, oh, we got to start going five wide more. They only go five wide, it seems like, in the red zone. Well, right. You should be running the ball you in should be. Yeah, I, so I don't understand what, 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 the, what he's thinking. And and um, I've heard it on a lot of uh, uh, sports podcasts, other sports podcasts, but the boiling point, they they were, you know, showing clips of Harbo on the side, and Harbo was even with the lead, Harbo was pissed off. Right. Um, that everyone's thinking that this might be the the boiling point for Harbo. That's why I'm I'm almost certain that this is Greg Roman, and and I'm not even going to use um this week, but I think Greg Roman has to put up at least. 24 points a game from here on out to save his job Uh, to i'm sorry not to save his job to save his job in season because this Mm -hmm. is definitely his last season but i think any any hiccup in the offense he's gone uh he he has to be like you got to get somebody else in there you know they should have fired him last week I'm with you. They shouldn't have brought him back. Let's put it that way. They should have left him there. We asked, uh, there were two questions that I asked when the Ravens first started um, and when they lost to Miami and then turned around and lost to uh, Buffalo and the Giants. There were two questions I asked. Did we get rid of the wrong coordinator? That's an absolute yes. Even though Mm -hmm. Wink's time may have been up, we still should have gotten rid of Roman. And do we miss Marquise Brown? That's also a yes. Like, it's just... I, I don't think what well we would be going through the same thing if if Hollywood was here. If Hollywood Probably. was here, we would we, we'd be saying the same thing. So it's all Greg Roman. It's right. Okay. It'll okay. be okay. Devin DuVernay that. is getting the same amount of targets and catches that okay. Hollywood Brown was getting. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have figured out how to use him. Okay. And so uh yeah. As a matter of fact, as we, you know, let's go ahead and slide right into picks because, you know, a little man on the other side right there, a little <laughs> wine head, a little wine head did a little something last week. He, <laughs> he got 12 picks right. So y'all got to give him a hand. A little wine head Wait, got his little picks we were, right. We were only separated by two picks. Yes, we only separated and by I two And I won picks. both of them. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to tell you because I told you I'm making my move. On the way back. <laughs> so what am I down now? Eight games, seven games? Uh, Seven games. All right, here I come. Here I come. Um, mm, here mm. I come. 
Yeah, yeah, whatever. So yeah, your boy, he did well last week. Uh, your boy, little Calvin, little Calvin did his thing, or or Black Calvin, as we as he's known in Queen. You know, I was, you know, I was little, I was little Calvin for about twenty five years until my son was born. Really, <laughs> little Calvin, little Calvin did his little thing. Little twelve wins last week. You know, Bills, Cowboys. Yeah, Bills, Cowboys, Vikings. Bengals, because I, I I'm a Bengal hater. I know I should have took a Bengal hater. Sir. I'm a Bengal hater. <laughs> uh, Dolphins, Jets, Commanders. Uh, yeah, because that was my pick game. Uh, Bengals, Titans, and Titans. They went to bed again. Uh, Seahawks, Chiefs, Niners, and Eagles. Um, yeah, we both what? missed on the Bucks against the Browns. Of course, I I blew it on that Titans versus Bengals game. Uh, Falcons, what was the other I game you picked? Was it the Commanders game? Yeah, yeah, I took different. the Falcons. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I took Falcons in that one. We both uh, missed out on the uh, Broncos. The Broncos are just terrible, but that you know what that means when they get here that means on going, Sunday. That means they're going to just going fifty six tomorrow, right? You know what that means? Russ is going to have a career day tomorrow. Russ going to have a career day. <laughs> Cortland Sutton, their number right. one, is going to probably catch one ball for three yards, but their tight end Greg he right. gonna catch 15 passes for 389 yards and right. 16 touchdowns. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Jeff Saturday magic has worn off on the uh Colts as well. They lost to the Steelers on Monday night, and of course, our Ravens picks did not come through. We both were right on our Thursday night picks. Um, my, my Super Bowl pick is looking good again. Uh, the Bills put on a clinic uh Thursday night. If, if you didn't see the game. Yeah, they. they I, I mean, they in off a, the gas in the second half, though. Yeah, because because Insurrection Jones was horrible, and uh, <laughs> they didn't need. To, but yeah, they 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 put the spanky spank on them, and uh, the Patriots are a good defensive team. I mean, they they have top rushers, great cornerbacks, and they were just having their way up and down. I mean, uh, Stefan Diggs was putting on a clinic. Uh, one of the touchdowns got called back because of a holding, but yeah, that would have been like his third touchdown that night. He was just, he was doing his thing thing. And so uh, it looks like the bills are back to being the bills and uh, let's go ahead and jump into our picks this week. And so uh, right now we stand at, I'm leading by seven, one Oh six to 99. I mean, you ain't got to bring that up because I won last week though. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So let's see what your little picks, what your little picks going to do this week. All right. So the Steelers go down to hot Atlanta to play the Falcons. Uh, Falcons are in a poor, I think they might be still being first in the uh, NFC South. You never know. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, while I'm here, let me go ahead and look up the standards real quick. Uh, yes, they, they, uh, no, uh, Tampa leads the division by uh, their five and six and the Falcons are five and seven, so they're uh, battling for the lead in the AFC in the NFC South. And so, uh, who are you taking, Steelers or Falcons? <sighs> Man, they're playing in Atlanta. the The mm. only reason I'm taking Atlanta is because they're playing in Atlanta. Um, I also think Najee Harris is going to be out. Um, he's hurt, even though they they back up right. running backs um, did well against the Colts. Um, I'll take Atlanta. I'm going to take the Steelers because um, uh, T.J. Watt is back. Um, they just they figure out a way to win. And the Falcons, every time I think they're going to do something, they, they're going to step up, but they just always step backwards. And so um, I don't think being home makes a difference. Yeah, Packers, I, I don't really have a – I don't have a beat on this game. Yeah, that's it's just yeah. a horrible game. <laughs> up. 
<laughs> Packers uh, visit Chicago to play the Bears. You know, of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, I own y'all. That's what he told him last time he was in uh, uh, Chicago. Uh, the Bears. I, I think Justin Fields is going to play this game, but um, both of them again, another game. You just yeah. Yeah, Justin Fields should not play. Um, They may play him, but he's injured Mm -hmm. and they got a bye next week. So he really shouldn't be playing. Um, Aaron Rodgers actually might not even play. We might see Jordan Love back out there. Might see Jordan Love out there. But the Bears defense is so bad. I'll take the Packers. All right, Packers. I'm going to take the Packers as well. All right, uh, the Jaguars, uh, who who beat the Ravens last week, they visit Detroit, Detroit. The D, what up, though? And visit Detroit to play uh, uh, the Lions. The Lions, uh, Dan Campbell is a horrible coach. <laughs> He's just a horrible coach. They should have won that game. He's yeah, a great, great motivator. Lions. He's Yeah, yeah. They should have won that game, uh, the Thanksgiving game. Uh, they blew it. Um, he didn't use – I guess he was taking the timeouts to dinner that night. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he left too much time on the clock. And, of course, the uh, Bills went right down the field. Kick the game, win the field goal. Um, so who are you picking in this one? Oh man, um, are they playing in the dome? They playing in Detroit? yeah, yeah, playing in Detroit. Um, wow, this is another bad game. Um, yes, I'm gonna take Detroit because I believe Detroit will do what the Ravens didn't do, and that's run on the Jags with uh, mm-hmm. Swift and um, Jamal. Uh, what's his name? William Jamal. William. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm taking the Lions as well. I said all that about the Lions to say that I would take them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Jets, the, the the winning Jets, they won with White Mike last week. Mike, uh, he killed it. Too. White Mike, yeah, he did it. And also, my man Flacco, he's still uh, he's still the second string, and um, old boy, uh, he's still the first round pick is still on the bench. And so, uh, this is a good game. They're visiting Minnesota to play the Vikings. Uh, I like the Jets, but I, I think the Vikings, um, Jefferson, Justin Jefferson is just going to be too much. Uh, I like them at home, so I'm going to take the Vikes. Um, Justin Jefferson is crazy good, but the Jets have a good secondary. Um, they do, Sauce Gardner. Yeah, I think that, but I think Dalvin Cook will be the difference in the game. I'm, I'm gonna take the Vikings also. All right, we're we're picking the same on the well, we only split on the Steelers. All right, Commanders, they're in uh, New Jersey to play uh, the Giants. The Commanders, man, they winning games with your boy um, Beer Man, Tyna Heineken, uh, Heineke. Uh, they winning. <laughs> Man, remember people used to love Heineken, man? Uh, yeah, you know, you thought she was that and Lowenbrow. You thought she was really flossing if you had a Lowenbrow or a Heineken. Like, I've yeah, never yeah. been a, I've never been a big Heineken fan. I'm not never. a big, I'm not a big farm beer fan. Heineken's, Coronas. Oh, uh, that's right. Beer. I keep on forgetting you, Winehead. I'm sorry, y'all. I forgot <laughs> who I'm talking about. Winehead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, uh, Pino. <laughs> Pino Calvin. All right, so <laughs> Mr. Pino. I've never really been in beer, you know. I, I am a beer drinker. I said a Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Thing. You're a beer drinker, but now you like but I did, you know, I only drink the finest of the hops. You know. Man, I drink honey brown. That's nine yeah. cakes. <laughs> See cheap. you you need to broaden your beer palette then. <laughs> 
busy drinking them grapes. All right, man. So he, he's gonna take he gonna take the commanders of the Giants. The Giants have been uh they they kind of that giant train and slow down a little bit. Yeah, the Giants got a rough road ahead of them. Mm. Um gosh, and the and the commanders are on the rise. I gotta give them that. Um yeah. Wow, the Giants at home. Saquon, the Giants just don't have enough receivers. Um, I right. mean, it's not like the Commanders do either. Actually, they just got Terry um, McLaurin. Yeah. Um, wow. Damn, what? What are all these bad games going yeah, on? Yeah, these are hard. Um, actually, this isn't a bad game. It's just this is a hard to pick game. Um, I will take. Give me the Commanders on the road. Okay, all right. And yeah, both teams are got uh similar records. Uh the Giants are seven and four coming off of a bye, and the commanders are seven and five. And so uh we might see four teams come out the NFC East uh in it's the possible. playoffs, right? Yeah. It's possible, it's very possible. All right, uh the Titans, they visit who'd you take Philly. who'd you take on? I take the commanders as well. Okay. Uh the Titans, they visit Philly uh to get a cheesesteak and to play the Eagles. Uh, this is kind of like the return game for um, AJ Brown. You know, he's on. He was traded from the Titans to the Eagles uh, during the draft. Uh, the Eagles are ten and one. The Titans they wet the bed last week, but they're seven and four, leading the AFC South. They basically run uh, Derrick Henry into the ground. That's really their offense. And teams are just stacking the box and forcing them to throw. And uh, your boy Tannehill's just throwing jump balls up, hoping. And somebody catches it. Uh, Eagles is not even close. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is a lot of uh, window dressing just to pick the Eagles. Uh, another terrible game, but I forgot to mention this: the return of your boy. And we can pause right this on right here on this. Deshaun Nasty Man Watson <laughs> is back, y'all. Uh, after getting a massage last week. <laughs> He's back to play for the Cleveland Browns as their starting quarterback, and they travel to Houston to play his former team. You can't make this up, y'all. The Houston Texans <laughs> and uh, some of the uh, victims from his um, his washcloth harassment, you know, just put a washcloth over his privates uh, to get a massage, will be there in attendance to watch the game. Uh, from uh, one of the boxes. And so, uh, you know, the Texans are horrible. Uh, I mean, I, I think the Browns will win this game. But uh, what do you think about Deshaun's return? Oh, man, Mr. Rub My Penis. Uh, Mr. Rub My, my Penoy. <laughs> I really, really would love to pick the Texans. I but they're, they're so bad. Um, I'm going to pick the Browns, but I would love to see Houston win. I, but I'm going to pick the Browns. I, I just... Houston does not have enough. The Browns are actually not a horrible team. Um, their coach is horrible, um, but the Browns have some tools, and they should they should win this game easily. Um, but you know, you never know. Deshaun hasn't played in what a year and a half, a season and a half, almost yeah. two years. Yeah, and you know he could be horribly rusty, but he still has the legs, and that's the one thing he doesn't right. have to pass, even if his passing accuracy. Um, is is struggling. He can still run. Um, yeah, I'll take the Browns. Uh, here, here's the offense for the Browns, and, and I hope I know Kevin um, Seifert. He he listens to this. Oh no, Kevin the Stefanski. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Stefanski. I know you the listen fans. to uh, you listen to fanboys. Here's your offense: hike the ball, turn around, give it to Nick Chubb. <laughs> hike the ball, 
turn it around, give it to uh, the other running back. Kareem. I, I give it to Kareem Hunt. Hike the ball, <laughs> fake, handing it off to Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, and throw it to Imani Cooper. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to do. I, I, I'm glad that the Browns are terrible because they have, they have terrible coaching, four and seven. There's no way they should be four and seven. They got too many weapons on that team to be four and seven. Exactly. Go ahead and stay four and seven, please. But that's the offense. That's all they need to do. You you don't need to – Deshaun doesn't need to throw it. If he throws it over 25 times, they'll lose that game. That's my prediction. If he throws the ball over 25 times in his first game back in almost two years, they're going to lose that game. Turn around, give it off, hand it off to Chubb, hand it off to Hunt, do a couple play actions, throw it to uh, Cooper. That's the game. All right. So uh, let me get off my soapbox. Um, <laughs> uh, the Seahawks, they are in LA to play the Rams. The Rams, they won't be playing Matt Stafford. He might not play for the rest of the season. He's having some um, concussion uh, concerns. And also Aaron Donald is not playing in this game as well. Uh, due to injury. This is the first game that he's missed due to injury in quite some time. And so I'm going to go Seahawks with this. You know, I've been on the Seahawks train this year with my man Gino. They try to write me off, but they ain't, I ain't right back. Yeah, I'm going to go with Seahawks too. I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford and or um, Donald call it quits at the end of the season. Wow. Okay. Yep. They won the they won the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, they, they, did, got their they did their thing. They got their rings. It, you know, it, you don't need to do nothing else. Uh, the Dolphins, this is going to be a good game. I think this is probably the game of the week. Uh, there's two games of the week this year. Uh, this week. Uh, Dolphins, they visit uh, Santa Clara to play the Niners. Real good game. You have the return of Mike McDaniel uh, to uh, play the team where he was offensive coordinator for last year. Uh, the Niners, their defense playing very well. Uh, Dolphins offense high-powered. Um Wow, I, I, I'm gonna go. Hmm, is it is defense over offense on this one? And uh, the Dolphins' uh, defense is gonna have to play good because the the Niners can score. Um, wow, this is a, this is a good game, Calvin. Um, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go with the home team. I'm gonna go with the Niners. Um, I'm gonna take the Dolphins only because the their injury concerns with the. Niners. Um, Debo is, uh, he was on the injured list. Uh, McCaffrey's on the injured list. Um, and although I do think the Niners have enough, because remember, I, I told you, I think the Niners are the best team in football right now. Yeah, you did say that. Um, but they, they have some injury concerns, which it's going to fall a lot more on Garoppolo. And um, in saying that they're the best team in football, I do recognize that Garoppolo is average at best, maybe maybe slightly above average. So I don't think he has enough to match that um, Dolphins offense, even though the defense not as good, but the, the Dolphins offense can kill any defense. So I'm going to take the uh, Dolphins on this one. All right, sweet. Uh, this is another good game for the week. Uh, it's, a re, um, it's a replay of the AFC championship game from last year. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs, they visit uh, Cincinnati to play the Bengals. And um, it's going to be a good game. The Chiefs are on a roll. Bengals, they're getting some key people back. Uh, Joe Mixon might be back. And I believe they're saying Jamar Chase is going to be back, but he might be on a pitch count. But it doesn't make a difference because they got enough uh, weapons there. Uh, Samaje uh, Piran has stepped up. He's played great in the absence of Mixon. 
T. Higgins is a number one on most teams. Uh, he's doing his thing in the absence of uh, Chase, and they're still rolling without those two major players. Uh, and Cincinnati, I, I like Cincinnati's defense as well. You know what? I am going to go out on a limb. I'm going to break uh, protocol. I'm going to take the Bengals on this. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to break. I'm going to break protocol. Uh, the Bengals, you know what they don't get enough credit for? Their defense. The defense is very good. I think they've given up the least amount of points in the fourth quarter in the league. What? Uh, that's why it's raining so hard this morning. <laughs> um, I, I've told you before, I'm not betting against Mahomes. Give me the Chiefs. Now, um, with the Bengals, you uh, let me tell you something. Um, I think the Bengals can beat teams that are statistically worse than them i i haven't looked at their record i know they lost to the steelers i believe it was also the browns they lost to but i don't think mm -hmm. the bengals have beaten a good team this year well they beat uh they I beat tennessee be uh, tennessee is good by default in their division in my opinion um yeah i'm i don't think the bengals are as good as they were last year so i'm I'm taking uh I'm definitely taking the Chiefs either way, but okay. Yeah, I don't see the I don't see the Bengals hype. I just think that their matchups have been favorable um when I've picked them uh that they've been favorable. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh the Chargers, they visit uh Vegas to play the Raiders. Um the Raiders did win. Uh they were uh no, they no, the Raiders won last week. Uh no. They Ooh, did. They were a two-game win streak, I believe. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, they are on a two-game win streak. Uh, they did win last week, uh, and it was a good game. Uh, your boy, um, Josh Jefferson. Uh, no, Josh, um, what's his name? Jacobs. Jacobs, yeah. He had a monster game. And um, so who, who are you picking on this one? Upset alert. What? I'm taking the Raiders over the Chargers. What? I don't even know what the line is, but I'm sure the Chargers are favored. All right, Raiders over the Chargers. Um, yeah, the Chargers, uh, and I think I, I think they're the biggest disappointment. Uh, you said Raiders over the Chargers, right? Yeah, I got Raiders. Um, let me make it so I get that down before I start talking. Um, like I said, I think the Chargers are one of the biggest disappointments this year. Um, they had uh, great defensive players. They got great players, but they just can't seem to win games. They, they get leads, and then they give them back. They had a good win last week, though, against – a little man in the Cardinals and stuff. Um, have you watched that Hard Knocks in season? No, I haven't. You know, I haven't watched Hard Knocks since uh, the very first season, the Ravens, uh, way back in 2001. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've, you know. I've seen a few episodes, but I haven't really dedicated myself to it. Yeah, you know what? Um, now they do one where they. this is the second year that they've done in season. And so last year, they're they're following a team in season after like the fourth game or fifth game or something. Um, and so last year it was the Colts. Uh, and this year it is the Arizona Cardinals. And so uh, I, I know definitely Cliff Kingsbury is going to be fired <laughs> by, the, <laughs> by the end of this season because it just you could just tell that this team, they don't want to play for him. Uh, the quarterback doesn't want Colin Murray, little man. He has a big head. But anyway, all right, I say all that to say this. <laughs> oh, 
y'all don't just talk bad about the Chargers. I am going to take them. I think they got enough offense to win this game. I don't think the Raiders' defense is all that great. Uh, the Colts, they uh, head down to uh, Dallas to play the Cowboys. And I'm, I'm going to take the boys on this one. Yeah, Dallas is like – I'm taking the Jerry Joneses. Yeah, oh, yeah, the races. I'm taking the Forrest Gump races <laughs> over – and you're taking the Forrest Gump races as well. Uh, Broncos, Aaron Town. To play the Baltimore Ravens down at MT tomorrow. It's going to be kind of like a 40 degree day, you know, kind of like uh, my man Stringer Bell said, Y'all keep bringing me 40 degree days, you know, 60 degree days, people be breaking out the grills, you know, 30 degrees, people get their little blood up because it's cold. But then you got 40 degree days, and don't nobody like 40 degree days. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Go watch The Wire. That's season uh, three. All right. Nonetheless, um, I don't, I, I'm not saying this is a trap game. Ravens back at home. Ravens win this one. Um, I, 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 Ravens win by 10. Uh, Ravens 34 to 3. What? <laughs> and then you woke up. You sure about this? No, uh, I, all I got to do is pick the winner. I'm just throwing the number out there. The Ravens should win 34 to three, but I'm gonna stick with it. 34 to three. All right, I'm gonna say uh, 24 to 14. All right, and the Monday night game, the Saints. They head down to Nolens to get some uh, gumbo, go to Mother's, get a shrimp po' boy, and then. Oh, no, they don't go to New Orleans. They, they're there. So the Saints actually go to Tampa. They're going to go get some cigars down there in Tampa Bay, uh, maybe go see uh, Giselle, hang out with her for a little bit, um, look for Antonio Brown because he's locked in the house trying to evade the police. <laughs> and so uh, this is a horrible game. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to take the Bucks at home. Yeah, I'm taking the Bucks too. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, so let's go over them again. Um, Falcons, you're taking the Steelers Falcons. You're taking the Falcons. I'm taking the Steelers. Uh, we're both taking the Packers over the Bears, the Lions over the Jaguars, the Vikes over the Jets, the Commanders over the Giants, the Eagles over the Titans, and the Browns over the Texans. We're both also taking Seattle over the Rams. We split on the Dolphins Niners. You're taking the Dolphins. I'm taking the Niners. Uh, you're taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Bengals. You're taking uh, the Raiders. I'm taking the Chargers. We both are taking the Cowboys over the Colts and the Ravens over the Broncos. And we're taking the uh, Buccaneers over the Saints. All right. Yep. All right. I had to go back and make an adjustment to our week 12 standings. Um, actually, you won 11 games because I had I, I had erroneously marked that C that Seattle had won the Raiders game, but they did not, and so you still won that week. Uh, that gives you a total of 98. Uh, it gives me a total of 105, and so we still have a seven game difference. So, so why you why why you even tell me if it didn't affect my? Uh, you know, you just trying to rub it in. You no, just, no. I mean, you still bro. run. Yeah, but we already knew I won and I was down 57. <laughs> you just won. Oh, yeah, let me have, I had to remark that, but you know, I'm still at 105. Bro, I just I just want to let you know. With your little picks and whatnot, I just want to let you know your little picks went well. 
little, your little picks went well. Yeah, you are such a sore loser. <laughs> Look at these little, these little results, these little picks and stuff. So we'll see what happens this week and all. And so, yeah, man, you know, good stuff, good stuff. So let's go ahead and uh, the part of the show that everybody loves. Come on, yo. Man, this is just some crazy stuff going on, but I got a good come on, yo. I'll go ahead and kick it off. Okay. All right. Uh, coming up this weekend, there's going to be a vote by the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee, um, and it's a chance for them to do what the Baseball Writers of America did not do, and that's to put uh, Major League Baseball's all-time home run king into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are among eight players who will appear on this uh, ballot for the Hall's class of 2023. And the vote will cover uh, players whose greatest contributions comes between 1988 and 2016. So along with Bonds and Clemens, you got Albert Bell or Albert Belly as uh, Brooks Robinson used to call him, uh, Don Mattingly, uh, Fred McGriff, Bill Murphy, Rafael Palmero, who had a great career here in Baltimore, and Kurt Schilling, our candidates. And so uh, basically, these are players who didn't get the necessary 75% of votes from the writers who cover the sport on a daily basis. And some uh, look at it as a second chance for players who get overlooked to get another shot. You know, it's like, kind of like a backdoor on the way in. And so I really feel like Calvin, you know, not dismissing the elephant in the room. We know that, you know, this is pretty much the performance enhancing drug steroid era. But Barry Bonds is the greatest hitter we've ever seen. His career stats are through the roof. He has seven MVPs. He has 762 home runs, which are the most in the game. And we have to admit, he's never been suspended by the league for drug um, violation. All of his stats count. Now, he was caught up in the era where many of the players were either on juice or tried it. And, you know, you can look at the Mitchell report for all of that stuff. Uh, it was widespread, meaning that Bonds more than likely faced pitchers on the stuff, too. Hence, it was more of a level playing field than most people want to admit. It's not like he was the lone wolf out there. You know, you had people like Mike Piazza and Jeff Bagwell and Ivan Rodriguez. Yvonne Rodriguez, they were all kind of like uh, rumored to be on the juice, as well as Jose Canseco. He, he mentioned it in the book. And so it's time. Come on, yo. Let's get Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame. I, I, this is ridiculous. This man is the greatest hitter to ever play the game, period. And he should be in the Hall of Fame. The stats say so. I know he's a jerk. I know you didn't love him. I know he didn't give you, he didn't kiss your butt like you wanted him to kiss your butt, uh, baseball writers. I know he kind of pretty much put his middle finger up to you guys and, you know, uh, he, he didn't uh, gravel and yes, a boss for you, but you can't deny the facts. This guy was the greatest player to ever play the game. Put him in the Hall of Fame. So come on, yo, do what's right. Put Barry in. Definitely put Barry in. I'm surprised Don Mattingly isn't in there. Yeah, that was crazy. I, I would think he was in there. Era. No, he wasn't. And I would think he would be in there, but, and he's a Yankee. Yeah. I would think he would already be in and he's not. I didn't, I, I, 
if you would have asked me um, if he was in there, I would have said yes. I did not know Don Mattingly was not in there. He, maybe he was another one that didn't talk to the uh, writers. And you know, you, know. you know what? He didn't have a lot of power numbers. He had a lot of average numbers. Okay. And okay. so he he was a high average hitter, but he was not a high for first baseman. You know, we usually equate first baseman with power numbers. He did not have uh, large power numbers. Okay. Okay. Um, mine is going to be real quick. Um, mm -hmm. As we know, beginning on, I want to say right before Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, um, the sports betting mobily went live in Maryland. Now, you could have, you could have been sports betting um, in the casinos, um, but as of the end of last month, you can sports bet on the phone now. And uh, I've seen a lot of people don't quite understand and want to know they give you tutorials and all now if you don't have an addictive personality and i, I want to stress that because um it can be very addictive mm -hmm. um it's actually something fun it gets you into the games um it, it gets you to learn the lines you can actually win some money you know you can place bets as low as five dollars and you can place it on just different things um you don't just have to bet uh, is this team going to win? You don't have to know what the lines are. Like, if a team is favored by three, does that mean that they can win? Uh, the other team loses. That means that they can lose by three. You know, you don't have to know any of that. You can bet on things like um, Lamar Jackson will rush for 100 yards and score one touchdown. Then you can add on top of that on the same day Josh Allen will throw for 100 yards so they're called parlays you can just do different prop parlays you can add them in so you should if you're into sports set on any level you should really get into that because one of the things that it does and it's just like what fantasy football does if you're in the sports it gets you inside of the sport you get to know a lot of the stats and know a lot of the players. It makes you pay attention. So when you are having discussions, the worst thing that I, I, I hate, the thing I hate the most rather is when you're having a sports discussion with someone and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. They, they, they're just, they're, they're kind of just saying things that maybe that they've heard, they don't really have an opinion and, you know, they don't even qualify with, you know, when I read, this is what I heard, you know, they just, uh, I, I hate it. Um, but when you get into things like sports betting and fantasy football, you do know because you're paying attention because you want to win. Um, so get into sports betting. And again, I, I, if you don't have an addictive personality, um, you also, with Maryland going mobily, um, being able to sports bet, they're giving out money. So a lot of these sites, there are 10 sites, I believe, that were approved to do that in Maryland. And of course, FanDuel, DraftKings being the two of the biggest. Then you got MGM and Caesars, um, some more of the bigger ones. They're, they're giving you, if you put in, let's say you deposit $5, they're going to match your $5 up to so much money. So I think they some of them match you up to 1000 some of them match you up to 500 But then they give you a free boost on your money. So if you bet $5 and let's say the odds has have it that you're going to win, if you bet five, you're going to win 75. They may boost it by another 200 points, which jumps that 75 up some more money. So, you know, you can start getting into that stuff and start learning it, start getting more into the game and possibly win some money. So, you know, take advantage of it. Again, if you don't have an addictive personality and make sure you they're also giving you um, the opportunities to get help if you are gambling and addicted to it. And because you don't want to lose your shirt. 
Um, you don't want to lose your home. You don't want to lose your livelihood. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I encourage sports betting mobily because it's it's fun and it gets you into the game and you can win some money. Oh, damn, I was supposed to come on, yeah. My bad. Uh, come uh, on, yeah. Marilyn, you took so long to do it on the phone. Come on, y'all. You just wanted us to go. <laughs> you just wanted us to go down the horseshoe. Horseshoe. You want to go down the horseshoe. Come on, that's right. <laughs> All right, that's my call. <laughs> go down a horseshoe, fight in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on the sports thing. You know, the thing that gets me when they mispronounce people's names or they, they had the wrong name, wrong team. Look, I do that all. I can't front. I do that all the time. <laughs> I know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know he does say hobo, hobo, y'all. So you know, <laughs> I've been saying hobo for a while. It's like the uh, gummy bears, hobo. That's terrible. Right. See, I can't even get there. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> hey, man, this was good. It was good to be back. It was good to talk to the people after we took our little Thanksgiving break, even though we did come back for the picks real quick. Um, this was good. So you will have to join us uh, for the podcast next week because we are no longer doing the broadcast for this right. year. Uh, Queen Sugar has ended. The series has ended. So definitely, if you want to listen to, if you want to watch that, go back. Um, it is saved in the archives on Facebook and our YouTube page and also on our Twitter page. Um, so you can definitely go back and watch the archived episodes. But yeah, definitely join us again next week when we come back with our next sports podcast. So exactly. All Things Black presents Fanboy. I'm Calvin, the golf pro over there. <laughs> Thank you, Winehead. <laughs> we will stay dry. We'll talk to you all next week. All right, guys. Peace. All right, bro. You have been listening to Fanboys, an All Things Black with Garland and Calvin production. Thank you for listening and make sure to rate and review this episode on all of your podcast platforms.